Hello and welcome to Songs That Changed You. My name is Aiden. Thanks so much for downloading the show and choosing to hang out with me for the next 20 minutes or so. Got a great episode for you. But before we get into it, little bit of a trigger warning. I put rigorous research into this show. I delve into each artist and, you know, write out all my questions, sort of plan how I think the conversation is going to go. Never in a hundred years did I think it was going to go in this direction today. So, yeah, bit of a trigger warning. If you've been through or affected by a school shooting, particularly for our American listeners where that's sadly happening all too regularly, this may or may not be the episode for you. The story actually has a great outcome, and you'll hear about that in a second. But if that is something that you're currently struggling with, maybe go check out last week's episode. Sasina was great. That one's sitting there in the same podcast feed and might be a little bit more suitable than today's episode. For everyone else, let's do it. <laughs> Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recording. Songs that changed you. Yes, it's time to talk music once again, and in particular, a song that has changed somebody's life. It impacted it significantly, and my guest today, you might know him from his uh, radio show, History Makers. He's a pastor as well, family man, radio host, Matt Prater. How you doing? G'day, mate. Thanks for having me on your show. Thank you for joining me. Look, History Makers has been around for a while now. How many stations are you on these days? It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, I've been doing it now for uh, 17 years, actually. Wow. And um, we've done over 1,000 interviews, and it's played on a lot of different stations around Australia, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We've even done some YouTube stuff. So the amazing people I get to chat to, I just pinch myself sometimes. I love it so much. And you've released two books as well that sort of accompany the series, don't they? Yeah, well, the first couple of books were uh, interviews that we turned into a book. But then recently I've just done one, which is a devotional book. I just felt to uh, write down some of my thoughts uh, from my daily devotion. So it's got 82 devotions in it. Plus, it's got some dad jokes in there just for a bit of fun as well, you know. Sure. You can't hold those back. It's just one of those natural inclinations as a dad, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of my gifts, you know. And, you know, sometimes (laughs) I tell dad jokes and sometimes he laughs, you know. Terrible, yeah. Well done, well done. (laughs) Well, today uh, we're going to be talking about a song that has uh, changed your life. What have you picked? This is a song that uh, really impacted me. Just take a step back in time to Matt Prater in Coffs Harbour, New South Wales. Uh, I was uh, 16 years old. I had a mullet. Oh, lovely. Uh, I, I was a surfer. I loved the beach, you know, and I had just become a Christian at a youth camp. And uh, I'd become a youth leader. And they asked me to preach my first ever sermon at the age of 16 at a youth service. You know, and, and it was a song that I basically based my sermon around this song. And so that's why it really changed me, because it really launched me into what I'm doing now. So it's a song by Keith Green called Asleep in the Light. And I would say it's probably one of the most powerful, impacting songs uh, that I've ever heard. Because he brings to your door and you turn them away as you smile 
Now, this was released in 1978. So, is that roughly when you heard it? No, I was born in 1975. Okay. So, <laughs> my apologies. So, yeah. So, we're talking about uh, would have been 1990 when I. Okay. So, that's a fair bit after it was released and things. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I was actually doing a Christian radio show at the time. And I was playing Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant and, you know, all the early Christian artists, you know. Yep. And uh, his voice wasn't even that cool. You know, the music wasn't even that cool. But I kind of overlooked that because the message of the song, I believe, is just so powerful. Well, to paint the picture, if anyone's seen the uh, painter Bob Ross, he's got that kind of vibe to him. And he had a very short career because he sadly um, died in a plane crash, you know, not long after his, his second or third album. So it was a very, very short little career, but very well remembered from a lot of different artists pointing to him as, a, as an influence along the years and stuff. So let's talk about the actual lyrics that impacted you this is a song that's very convicting like it's very almost john the baptist style vibes of you're just yelling out repent 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 sort of thing isn't it yeah well that's really the heart behind it and you know there's a live video of it on youtube where he's belting away at his piano and he cries out oh can't you see it's such a sin the world is sleeping in the dark that the churches can't fight because it's a sleep in the light how can you be so dead when you've been so well fed, Jesus rose from the grave and you, you can't even get out of bed, you know? Yeah. So um, he's got this, yeah, he's got this John the Baptist vibe and he's, he's so passionate. And I actually see it as two, uh, two main themes in the song. I see it that firstly, he's telling the church that we need to go and share the good news of the gospel, share our testimony, share the, the promise that we have uh, of heaven through Jesus, you know, but I also believe that he's challenging us to get out of our comfort zone and care for the poor as well yeah care for the broken the needs of those that are doing it tough and for me they're kind of my two favorite things i love sharing the good news of the gospel but i also run a soup kitchen and work with drug rehabs and work with the homeless so it's like kind of my my two callings my, my two favorite things i love doing with my time yeah and was that always the way? Like a 16-year-old Matt Prater, were you, were you so outwardly thinking at that age? Yeah, well, when I came to Christ, I straight away just became a Jesus freak. Like I started sharing the gospel with my mates at school and um, I got called the Jesus freak and the God squad and the Bible basher, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was probably a little bit over the top, to be honest. Um, but you know what? I just wanted to you know, obey what God had put in my heart, you know. And so I quickly became a youth leader, quickly became a leader at my uh, high school outreach group. And then something actually happened at my school that really messed everyone up. There was actually a shooting at my school. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, there was a kid that turned up with a gun at the school sports carnival and he shot three people. This would have been pre the gun removal by John Howard gun. in the 90s, yeah? That's right. This was like 1990. So I was in like grade 10 at the time. You know, no one died, but he, he shot one teacher in the chest, one teacher in the hand, and one girl got shot in the leg. A couple of year 12 kids tackled him, took the gun off him, the police came, you know, all that stuff happened. Wow. But school was traumatised. 
And, sure. you know, it was really a wake-up call, you know, that that could have been us that was shot. That could have been us that died, you know. And it made us think about eternity, life and death, heaven and hell, you know. So for me, it was, it was a, a really eye-opening time for me to think, okay, I really, there's an urgency to share the good news with my friends and family. That's crazy. Like, no one goes through that. Like, that's that's such a unique experience, particularly here in Australia. I know it's a lot more common over in America, but yeah, I can imagine a real turning point for the whole school thinking exactly like that, thinking, yeah, well, that could have been me, that could have been us. What happened next for the kid and what was the reason for it all? Well, I remember hearing that he had been uh, smoking marijuana on that day and he'd turn up at school and got sent home by one of the teachers. And that was the teacher that he ended up shooting in the chest. So it was like a revenge. So obviously, obviously it was a revenge thing, yeah. And, yeah, he got locked up for years after that. You know, the choices he made that day yeah. um, ruined his, you know, the early part of his life at least. I haven't heard of what happened to him after that. Yeah. But um, I, I've been to a number of school reunions and often it's a topic of conversation. Sure, yeah, um, that's going to come up a few times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so whenever I see a shooting in America or, you know, school, you know, gun violence and things, you know, it kind of brings it up a little bit. But at the same time, like I said, it was a wake-up call for me too. It really made me think, okay, I want to make sure I make the most of every opportunity to share the good news. So, yeah, and, and I was running the, the Christian group at my school in the, in the, the two years after that, and uh, it was actually a time – of incredible harvest. We, we saw a lot, we saw a mini revival at our school in that couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how things can be turned around as far as God can use all situations for good. Like that is a horrific thing that you never want to wish upon anyone, but mm. God has managed to use it, like you said, to, to further his kingdom and for people's lives to be changed through it. Yeah. It's a little bit like that saying, I think it's about the story of Joseph in, in Genesis. Uh, what the enemy meant for evil, God turned around for good, you know. And, uh, yeah, Romans eight twenty eight. all things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. It's amazing how God can turn things around and use it for his glory. So, yeah, so that was certainly the situation for me at that time, yeah. And this song, like you said, uh, it, it sort of has that, that two pulls, sort of convicting, but it's also like sort of going, what are you doing? Get out there spread the word type thing. Um, so I can imagine, yeah, this this really did connect with you at that age for sure. Yeah, and, you know, when you think of Keith Green, he actually wrote a lot of songs like this. And I've actually done a little bit of research, mate. You'll be, you know, as a radio guy, you'll love hearing some of these <laughs> names I'm going to drop, you know. So Keith Green was a well-known kids singer and he was like, you know, youth idol or, you know, youth America's Got Talent, you know, like he... Yeah, they were trying to push him in this sort of like Justin Bieber sort of route, like they were trying yeah. to... A, a child star sort of thing, weren't they? Yeah, so he kind of had that vibe going on younger, you know, and then he, he actually came to Christ and was connected to a, a guy named John Wimber who started the Vineyard Movement and wrote a lot of worship songs. And in that movement, there was guys like Bob Dylan, yeah, uh, Larry Norman, Randy Stonehill, all of these you know, musician legend, and they all, apparently at one stage, they were all part of like a Bible study together. That's amazing. In the vineyard movement. So you can imagine all those musos getting together. And uh, one of my first ever History Makers interviews 17 years ago was with Randy Stonehill. Oh, wow. And he talked about Keith Green and Larry Norman, and he's dropping all these names. And I'm like, whoa, 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 this is awesome. <laughs> um, so you can see in that Jesus movement time, God was raising up 
these singer-songwriters that were writing these really prophetic lyrics, you know. And I just love the end of the song there, Aiden, too. I just want to just share how much the end, you know, because the, the start of it is all about go and care for the lost, care for the poor, go out and don't be numb, you know. But then at the end, I think he really brings it home to something that is the key. Uh, he says, come away with me, my love. Come away from this mess. Come away with me. Come away, come away, come away with me, my love. It just shows that there's no point trying to go and preach the gospel and care for the poor and do that just to be good. You've got to do it out of relationship with God, you know. And for me, as a pastor now for 17 years, you know, the most important thing for me is the first part of the day when I get up and I get in my Bible and I do my devotions and I pray and commit the day to the Lord and and I report for duty, you know what I mean? And everything I do is out of that relationship. You know, and there's times when I don't do it because I'm on holidays or I'm busy or I'm sick or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I notice that you get dry when you don't have that devotional time, you know. That's why I love that ending of the song, Come Away, Come Away With Me, My Love, because really that's what it's about. Christianity is a relationship with Jesus, and everything we do uh, should be out of receiving the Father's love and sharing the Father's love. That, that's what Christianity is all about. Yeah, I really connected with the end of the song as well because it, it sort of... Yeah, it comes across a little bit harsh at the beginning, but then it comes back to like, no, 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 it is all about love. Like, yes, all this is important, but let's not forget it's about love. And and it sort of, it almost comes from a God's perspective at the end. It's like, come with me. Just just come over here, have yeah. a hug. That's what I always feel the Father saying to me when I hear this song. Matt, this is awesome. Thank you so much for, for joining me. I really appreciate it. We're going to chuck the song on for everyone now. What should people be listening for in this song if they're hearing it for the first time? Yeah, well, I definitely think you're going to squirm in your seat when you hear this song because, you know, Keith Green is like John the Baptist and he's challenging people. Uh, you know, like in, in the book of James, it says, if you know the good you ought to do and you don't do it, then you are sinning. And that's what he says in his song. Can't you see it's such a sin because he brings people to your door and you turn them away, you smile and say, God bless you, be at peace. Because Jesus came to your door and you left him out on the streets, you know. It, is, it starts with a challenge that we're all meant to do something, to go and care for people and share the good news. But then the end of it is the most important bit. Come away, come away with my, me, my love. And, you know, there might be people listening right now to this that are away from God and maybe they're, lukewarm or backslidden or just hard-hearted towards God. I really believe that's the real heart behind this song. Come back to him. He loves you. You might be a prodigal son that's run away. You might be like Jonah that's run away, but come back to him. His arms are always open. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to fill us uh, with his love so that we can share his love with others. I hope this song impacts everyone listening to it today. I love it, Matt. Thank you so much. Of course, you can catch Matt on uh, History Makers on, you know, 700 different stations around Australia or so, but the podcast is also available. And this is Keith Green, uh, Asleep in the Light. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Aiden. I reckon you're History Maker. God bless. <laughs> do you see, do you see all the people sinking down? Don't you care, don't you care? Are you going to let them drown? How can you be so numb not to care if they come? You close your eyes and pretend the job's done. Oh, bless me, Lord, 
bless me, Lord. You know it's all I ever hear. No one aches, no one hurts, no one even sheds one tear. But he cries, he weeps, he bleeds, and he cares for your needs. And you just lay back and keep soaking it in. This episode of Songs That Change You was recorded on the land of the Ghana people. Each episode is produced, edited, and hosted by Aidan Grant. That's me. I'd like to also thank Zach Spencer for additional audio assistance and Pastor David Hall for helping support the show. If you like what you heard, please leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts 
Or if you want to get in touch, maybe you have a guest suggestion or any kind of feedback, please email aidengi at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening.